is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, 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 the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye in the sky. This is Seattle Overload. Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go. Welcome to it slightly disappointing live Seattle Overload reaction to the Seahawks week four L in New Orleans. No, week five L in week New Orleans. Five. Unfortunately, because they're now two and three, they've lost a shootout after winning one previously, 39-32. The good news is the offense remained good. The bad news is the defense was still bad. And, you know, when you get... <laughs> When Taysom Hill uh, has nine carries for 112 yards, three touchdowns, and he even has a passing touchdown for 22 yards, when the Seahawks give up, um, you know, so much yardage, just in in general, it is very disappointing. They get Alvin Kamara rushed for over 100 yards. It's the first time a Pete Carroll team's given up um, two 100-yard rushes in a single game, which again, not great. Saints had 438 total yards overall, so not as ma- quite as many as the Lions, but still not great. They also went 8 for 14 on third down, above that magic 50% number that the Seahawks are looking for. And really, I mean, we are, again, to repeat for newcomers and also to repeat for the pain, we are fans of defense. And so when the defense doesn't play well, it is especially disappointing for us. But what was so frustrating for me is this there's no new kind of information here in terms of like the defense was still bad they lost a blowout the offense was still good they won a blowout there's nothing new to work with it's like i don't want this to become a theme of the entire season griff do you agree with that sentiment or did something change slightly um i mean i I think big picture i I agree with it but i I do think that in the details there you know suit off the broadcast we'll see what the tape shows as always um, I thought there were some developments again on defense, kind of like, you know, after last week, even after watching the tape, we thought, OK, th- there's some life here, even in the game where they gave up 45 points that there's I, I-, I had the same conclusion off-, off of this off of the game today, um, at least on the broadcast. So um, like, yeah, they-, they gave up explosive runs to Kamara. They couldn't defend Taysom Hill. Um but on the Kamara point, the it, it was pretty similar to the Titans game last year, where they were actually bottling up the super majority of those runs. They just had that they just lost control on on what led to the explosives, and then you have a difference maker carrying the ball in Kamara, who you know drives your average way up, um, and obviously tilts the field and stuff. But I, I felt like snap to snap, the interior played really well actually, especially when they're in their base their main base and, and nickel calls. So I feel like they're kind of getting their act together fundamental-wise and technique-wise up front. Um, and then in the run game on third down, you know, like, yeah, Taysom Hill is just a difference maker. He's an elite tackle break uh, tackle breaker. And then they were also seeing some formations that they haven't really seen a lot of. And I wonder if they're just not suited to defend that, especially within the specialized calls, like their third down packages. But um, but then like on the on the on a more positive note, you know, the early down pass defense. Yeah, the Saints were out undermanned right now, but like they held Andy Dalton to negative efficiency. So 
I, I just I feel like they are in their in their their main identity, their main selection of calls that they call in early downs. I feel like they're getting their act together a little bit, and that's something to build off of. Um, and then on the third downs where they were really losing, like you said, I'm still excited by a lot of what they're doing, and I just feel like that's just they need more reps, more time with it, more Ryan Neal, even though he can't really cover guys one on one too too long. Um, I feel like they're 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 gonna hammer out their their third down package, but I don't know. I just I feel like That's, they made. I feel like they're putting out fires finally. That the thing you said about formations before I bring Ty in is very astute because Pete Carroll said in his press conference that the heavy formation thing they only expected to see like once, and then obviously it worked. The Saints started spamming it a bit more, and what I was surprised at was Seattle That's, didn't respond with a personnel grouping that placed an extra D lineman on the field. Like they didn't come out in like a 6-2 or like 6-1 yeah. package. They just stayed in like base bear, which, you know, and to me it's unforgivable. And the, you know, it's not just me who thinks it's like the Seahawks defenders is describing is unacceptable. The like, you know, you have three wide receivers out. Uh, you have um, your starting quarterback out. You know Taysom Hill, as Ryan Neal himself, himself said in his post-game presser, you know Taysom Hill is a main threat. You know when he has the ball, he's he's going to get the ball. Like when he's in the formation uh, as the quarterback in the Wildcat. How does your Wildcat plan fail like this? And Pete Carroll goes, well, our plan obviously didn't work, did it? So interested to hear his views on the tape. But uh, Ty, I mean, it was pretty bad, right? I, I'm not sure you can add yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, they're, just to cope a, a little bit, we can't cope a lot. To cope a little bit, uh, some of these numbers are a little skewed because, again, there is the Michael Dixon going rogue thing and then the DK fumble, which wasn't a fumble or whatever. We'll talk about that later on. But, like, so that was really great field position on two of those drives. Obviously, they still, you know, can and should have stopped them uh, from getting into the end zone. But that does skew things a little bit. But Taysom Hill in 2022 really yeah like yeah. and then on top of that you give up like obviously he had a big part of this but you give up 235 yards on the ground the saints don't have their top three receivers for the second half of the game olave did olave get hurt in the, at the end yeah, of the he, he, he was out with a concussion after his uh touchdown catch which yeah. was it a catch but yeah, yeah. Well, again, we'll talk about all that. But yeah, they don't have Jarvis Landry. They don't have uh, Michael Thomas. They don't have Olave for the second half of the game. And they don't have Jameis. And it's like, I mean, it, it just didn't seem like they had anything to really counter uh, right. the, the, the Taysom Hill stuff. And that's weird considering that's like, you know, that's what's going to be a big part of their whole game plan. Given well, and not, not to get too schemey in the non-tape, uh, podcast, but in the past, when Seattle's faced a quarterback like this, as, as Griff is well aware of and has spoke about in the past as well, uh, that you know, I'm talking like a Tim Tebow, even, but like with Cam Newton as well, they employed like max fit quarters, like middle field open stuff, which like, I'm surprised. I mean, we haven't watched the tape, but I'm surprised it didn't seem like they were doing that, and I'm surprised they didn't. And while it is tempting to cope about this, it's also like you know, we the Lions got shut out today by the Patriots and obviously games in the NFL change each week, slum or, and the, there is a random element to it. And it's like a, you know, in a, in a, in a parallel universe, in a different simulation, maybe Seahawks yeah. 
don't give up f- f- uh, so many points to the Lions. But also, you know, the Lions were missing all their guys against the Seahawks and they put up points. And they That's had, and, uh, and you know, against the Falcons, I was going, well, the Falcons, it was a really bad matchup because they had a mobile quarterback and they had they had these these two crazy, they had a tight end who's amazing and they had a wide receiver who's a, a unicorn as well. And now I'm like, oh, well, the Saints, they have this Wildcat quarterback who's really cool and, and he can do all this stuff. And he's like, well, how many teams have like unique players? Whereas the NFL, so every every offense basically does. And it, I mean, the, I guess the theme is no, there isn't a theme. They're just, they're just bad. They they are <laughs> bad. Now, I think they're there is bad. improvements happening, um, and the coverage is in, encouraging. Also, I'm not sure how sustainable the coverage improvement is because, again, it's up against right. backup wide receivers. They did play some middle field close, which put people in one on ones. Kobe Bryant had one great pass breakup early in the game and third and five, I think it was, playing the sticks. And he was unlucky on that Alave play, which we'll get to the officiating. Uh, and then uh, Tariq Woolen, another real standout, again, breaking on a comeback uh, for, for an interception, which looked like it would change the game, uh, almost did, and uh, recovered a fumble as well and just had a great game again. If we'll talk about the officiating, but Tiki Taki uh, holding call on him. It looked like good press to me. I think he had another excellent game. So that's one bright spot on the defense. But overall, Griff, I'm finding it hard to cope. Um, I'm finding it even easier to cope after that Lions game, personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, with And I say that within the, you know, with within the idea that they were bad this game. Um, I, I It helps, it helps a, 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 a coper. Um, reach to reach the acceptance stage that what, however good they get this year, it's going to be a long and ugly process. But I, I really do think they're undergoing that process though. It's not like, it's not like we haven't seen them start it yet, you know, where maybe that's how I felt after, you know, um, one of the earlier games. Um, so I just, I don't know. They're, they're, they're winning blocks up front. Like they won blocks up front. Until they didn't. Um, oh, they did that for a bit. So I just I feel like we're going to keep seeing more of that though, mm-hmm. and I think that um, I think Tariq Woolen covered really well this game um, for the most part. Where whereas I didn't say that previously, even when he made good plays, he was a little all over the place. Um, I, I th- and I think Kobe did a little bit better, and they're going to define if if they reach their floor. The rookies are going to define their ceiling just because rookies are such a high variance proposition. But these guys have a lot of potential. And like, you know, Kobe, what made him such a good perimeter corner in college was being able to use the full extent of his smarts to inform how to play things to kind of mitigate whatever natural athletic disadvantages he has, which are fairly marginal. They're not like ginormous ones. Maddie, as you know, the slot is just such a different world as he builds up the experience there and knows how to read certain things, you know, read releases, read things at the break, put it all together within the, you know, the down and distance and personnel call and formations, tendencies, et cetera. I think he's going to be a really good player there. Um, I just don't know how long that's going to take. I feel like Tariq Woolen is improving every week. So um, on the flip side of it though, you've got, you know, they're, they're still cycling in Mike Jackson's, uh, Sydney Jones was a um, healthy scratch. I don't even know if Artie Burns played or not. 
curious to see what happens there. But but they're still doing their preseason dress rehearsals at, at left corner. Already right played now. a little bit, by the way. Did he? Okay, yeah. that's good info. So like they're they're still. It, it wasn't last year until week six when I think Trey Brown actually got in there and started. And granted, he was good right away. Um, so you know, I don't know if if, if they're going to get a guy between now and week eight who is as good as Trey Brown was and as good as Sidney Jones eventually was. I don't know if that's going to happen, but um, I mean, they just need to square away. Like they're starting four, technically starting five on the back end. Um, You know, it's like they gave Ryan Neal a start today after Josh Jones had the much better game than Ryan Neal last week. Right. Um, but I still get the idea behind getting Neil in there because you're saying, well, I'll just let him break in a little bit because he was a decent player down the stretch last year himself. So um, they, they, they need to straighten out personnel on the back end. And then I think they just need to keep, you know, keep stacking bricks up front and in the middle. I thought the linebackers mostly played fine. Again, broadcast only. Um, I really feel like that we're, we're seeing at least the schematic issues are being smoothed out. Uh, Maddie, I sense you disagree. They, they had a couple, like Jordan Brooks had a bad miss block. Um, there was the draw play where Cody got caught in a bad situation and empty, but it's empty. You're not going to face another quarterback who will carry a quarterback draw up the middle on third and eight anymore. You're just, you're not going to see that again. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I saw them firing off their keys and, and, and getting their fits right for 80% of it. The explosive runs really weren't, I mean, it was stuff like on the perimeter, the CD and E gaps, like. Yeah, and Conde uh, Diggs, he he uh, he owned up to not like missing the tackle on the Taysom Hill sixty-yard touchdown run, which is one of those where the, the free safety does have to fit in a bit to help out, especially with Wildcat, right? Uh, I, I I don't know. I I need to watch the tape, but. Yeah, and I, I think the too, linebackers too. are struggling. I think they're just over, I think they're still overplaying things. I actually thought Brooks had a like game of like thumping hits and like was whacking people. He's clearly playing hard. Mm-hmm. I don't, and uh, you know the whole the whole defense is playing hard. They're trying to hit people and they're trying to fly to the ball and make plays. Uh, it's just disappointing. Uh, the the Ryan Neal thing as well. Griff is he not, maybe not the most reliable witness, but he he said in this post game presser that it was. He alerted uh, Woolen to the comeback based off the formation, and that's how Woolen uh, made that pick because the comeback's a very difficult route to intercept, especially from bail technique where you got your butt to the sideline and then you're breaking basically to your blind spot um, after being over yeah. top. So what's making it harder for me to cope is how good the offense is playing. Now, we expect the offense to be this good, but, well, no, <laughs> we expected the offense to be good. Hold on, yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Well, I, I think Maddie you know, this was, was revisionist the, history here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless you've listened to all the podcasts, which you may have done, and we. I specifically predicted Geno Smith to be the fourth most efficient quarterback in mm-hmm. the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. and I published my MVP Geno video before this game. So, all right, all right, all right. Maddie, you Maddie, did? Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. Not MVP Geno, MV Geno. Ah, you, which by the way that movement is line. still that movement is still on the way up up yeah. up 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 but we'll get yeah, to that yeah yeah we'll catch on okay. like get right. the, maybe you, you register the trademark <laughs> yeah yeah you did also put geno smith and tom brady in the same sentence um at one point i think back in august that's true yeah, that's true did I it on edit- twitter today as well said um the i said the uh, this new orleans saints uh cause issues for tom brady 
And so Gino might face similar challenges because obviously they're the same player. Uh, Gino did not, though. Um, he had a really good game. Now, the one the one minor detail which I'm interested in looking at in, in our tape podcast specifically as well is why the Seahawks went one for nine on third down. Um, I think a lot of that is penalties in the second half. I think some of that's probably why did they start just drop back passing in third and short and where was the boot stuff? And then I think some of that is just the Saints are pretty sticky in coverage. In, but, um, in the drops, two drops. Oh, yeah, two drops. There you go. That's nice and succinct. So but, like um, you're, you're entering the variance world of third downs. Yes. You can do the right thing. You can do the wrong thing and have good or bad results. That's just third go. downs. But overall, 396 total yards on offense. Gino, 16 for 25, 268 passing yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Could have been four. We will get to the officiating. Um, uh, but the first, the, the sad news, Rashad Penny uh, fractures his tibia per Ian Rappaport. Uh, Pete Carroll described him as shattered, I think it was. And that's obviously very sad for someone who's dealt with a lot already in his NFL career. He'd come back. He looked in an amazing place, been very candid in his press conferences about the challenge uh, mental health-wise of, of injury and uh, feeling like a disappointment and letting the team down and just one hopefully he's okay as a person um, and two I'm sure he will be back because and yeah that just sucks Ty yeah yeah absolutely sick about that one um, like just the way that he wasn't able to even you know move over to the bench he was dragging himself back onto the sideline like that was really sad to watch um yeah. and it really sucks because he was also having a really good game he's been uh really solid this year uh he's been a big part of the run game and the, the success that they've had especially as of late um and they were doing some really cool stuff with him today uh and so you know it just you got to feel for him especially you know he's going to be hitting free agency after this year um and so, you know, just yeah. hope for the best for him, uh, personally speaking, you know, just from a, from a mental uh, standpoint and all that. Yeah. So yeah, agreed. To, to lighten the mood from that in the brutal way that uh, NFL football is next man up, rookie Kenneth Walker actually got played more like a running back rather than getting gadget plays. And lo and behold, um, he can he can run the football a bit. Um, he's him. Yeah, he's him. <laughs> <laughs> he, you can tell he's going to have to like, he's still not there yet in terms of like feeling out like the, the cutback on an outside zone. Like he's almost hitting, he's almost hitting the whole, the, the line of scrimmage a little too fast relative to how he tries to slow himself down to try to, f you know, sift through the blocks, like, you know, feeling out like bending back and stuff. Um, Cause he stumbles a little bit. And I feel like that's just a combination of, of trying to put his reads and his in his athleticism together um and like that's the thing that penny struggled with right early on like because he even even when we would see a little bit of him in his first two seasons he would still get the explosive runs but it was the you know feeling it out in between the tackles to try to get the most out of those you know those median runs like those two to four or five yarders you know I feel like, mm -hmm. and Walker will get there because he was excellent at that at college, better than Penny was in college at that. But I feel like it's just kind of an NFL speed thing. Um, and maybe with more reps, he'll get there in a hurry. I don't know. But it's great that, like, if the blocking is there for it, he will he will take it to the house, you know? Um, so, and and good backside blocking from from uh, Phil Haynes, I think, when he subbed in and Abraham Lucas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that yeah. Haynes subbing in thing's worth mentioning, actually. They... 
you know, it, we, people wondered if Gabe Jackson had hurt himself, but no, just a little competition thing. And honestly, deserved. Oh, really? Jackson. Well, he he had a patchy... he had a hip flexor. I thought they announced that he had a hip flexor. Pete Cowell described it as rest. Oh, interesting. interesting. Maybe 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 Pete doesn't actually have the full story on that. Perhaps, but perhaps. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, by the way, a quick note here. Uh, this comes from field goals. The Seahawks now are on eight consecutive seasons with at least one other running back suffering a season-ending injury. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, that I wonder sucks. how common that is league-wide. I mean, that sounds yeah. brutal, but um, like for yeah. the Seahawks, luck-wise. But I, yeah. I mean, running back is a really tough position. Obviously, it is. Yeah, and you take a beating. So, Ty, how good was Gino? <laughs> uh very good i mean there was obviously like a couple of things here and there that you know um we can talk about and that we can talk about more on the tape show but uh some of the throws that he made today disgusting like literally disgusting like the 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 one to to lock it on the touchdown the the one to fan when he was rolling to his left on the on the bootleg like he was making some big boy throws today and that's that's yeah. the thing too is like we continue to see him kind of progress, right? He was going off script. He was he was legitimately making plays outside of the pocket, and I mean he's showing you something new every single week, and that's yeah. the thing that's really exciting for me with him. And it's just he's doing it in different ways, and that makes me excited about their ability to sustain this over the course of a full season. It's just there's more new stuff getting introduced here and he's just kind of fleshing out his ability in general. So, uh, I mean, you know, again, like he only, like the efficiency wasn't as there as it has been, uh, in the past few weeks. You know, I think he went like 16, he, yeah, he went 16 to 25 as we have here on the graphic, but still, I mean, like some of the plays that he was able to make against a really good defense too, with a, you know, with, legit difference makers at all three levels in the defense um and a really solid secondary as well like it's a it's this was to me and we'll see how what the what the tape looks like and everything but this to me was maybe his most impressive performance thus far just considering the opponent and considering some of the throws that he had to make how did you guys feel yeah uh I, I I I agree. Like this, the Saints are a real defense, and they like this is further proof that this offense can get explosive, and they can do it in different ways. They can do it play action and drop back. Um, so like th- that straight up, just you know, I think that puts to rest any concern. That doesn't mean that they won't have games where they can't get explosive, but we just know it's in there. It's on their tool belt right now. Um, and then he was. You know, he was accurate elsewhere, um, like even the incompletions that weren't drops, uh, like those were just really tightly contested. I mean, the Saints have DBs they can cover across the field. And, you know, you know, you know, you like we said earlier, you run the simulation enough on some of those and some of those get caught and some of them get knocked away. Right. Um, but uh, he was just he was just making plays um, the 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 drops touchdown from dk like that was just he lasered that i think he threw it too hot for him actually yeah um that was a ridiculous throw though like, it was a ridiculous throw um they and the the saints like they weren't they weren't they didn't have a great pass rush coming in at least results wise but they have players there 
Yeah, and, and on that third and two sack, you saw like you know Lucas get beat by Jordan, where it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. that's a player. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, right, and but it shows that he can still manage in perfect pockets and get the ball out and be able to get the ball out and still get downfield. That just means that he's balancing everything. He can balance the pass rush. Can balance the play call. He can balance what he needs to do. Now, again, he did take three sacks. Some of them where he's really trying to make something happen, but he's trying to make something happen within the bounds of like what is not doing too much. You could say like then the structure dies on him, and then like okay, now it's time to maybe get rid of the ball. I'm curious to see if he missed something obvious though. On one of them where he steps up in the pocket, I think to take off. He actually had DK coming up on the on the post or on the deep dig, but I don't know if that throw could have gotten out of his hand in rhythm and on time, given to what he had to do in the pocket. So maybe, you know, when we when we roll the tape back and we pause and play, pause and play enough times, we'll be able to say, uh, you know, whether he could or couldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I don't know, the, the the dude's on it right now, and the fact that. He, he can show up like this against a good defense. It really makes you want another crack at the 49ers just to see how they measure up again. Not because I think I have oh, good they can news. Take to them, I have good but news. But I think, yeah. They they do get another crack at them. Mm. Oh, yay. Um, <laughs> uh, be, because I, I want to see, like, I'm not saying that they'll take it to them and put all these points up on them, but I want to see, like, to measure the progress with them being, you know, the control and the experiment facing the same defense, right? And what um, happens when you keep the uh, ball in Geno Sands near the goal line <laughs> instead of right getting really right. cute with it? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I agree with what you're saying about the pocket stuff, and I am also curious about the sacks. Uh, I think the the only one I had slight issue with. I don't even know if it was just no. I think it was a sack. Was the the third and two with the you know towards the end of the game where. He starts running around trying to make stuff happen, takes a big loss, and they have to punt it back. Where if you just throw that away and then it's fourth and two, then yeah. we just go for it. Um, but then would they even have gone for it? I'm not so sure. To me, it didn't seem like anything was open. And I thought the broadcast did a, a great job of actually getting all 22 up to show stuff wasn't open. And I think if it had been open, they'd have said, you know, this was open. And I forget the color commentator, but he was Gino Bill. Matt, Matt Millen. Matt he Millen. was Gene. Matt yeah. Millen was Gino pilled. He was. We, we, we witnessed somebody swallowing the Gino pill live on air. Very, yeah, I was like, fun. yeah. When when the game started and he was talking about Gino, I was like, does he listen to the Seattle Overload podcast? Like, yeah. what's going I on? I think here? I think yeah. he's had a little little tune in, little little taste. Of um, the dabble. So, hi Matt. So he, hi Matt. Yeah, hi Mr. Millen. Um, it's <laughs> it's five weeks. I think we have a, a large enough sample size to say that what Gino's doing projects forward. Like, like Ty, you were saying, like they did a new de- developments every week. It happens in different ways. His process is innate right now, and how defenses, you know, how they defend him differently. Whatever he'll go where the ball needs to go, and he can attack you at the point of attack, not like up front necessarily, but like the schematic points downfield. Um, I mean, he he can, right now, he can beat good defenses at what they're trying to do, and he can beat them where they are, and he can beat them where they're not, is what I'm saying, essentially. Um, and like, he he can he can find a way to do it. And like, he you can tell that he is also improving 
him like going back to the pocket thing, he can tap into his his arm strength reservoir when the, po- the pocket's changing up on him a little bit. He's finding ways to establish his base because you know, like we said, like he's not a guy that can generate torque when his entire body isn't lined up. Like like Russell Wilson can, or a lot of these other guys can, where their feet aren't set and they can just you know they can just whip it. He doesn't have that, but he's finding ways to. He's just finding ways to tap into it. Like he kind of does that. He did it a lot at West Virginia. We're starting to see a little bit more where I I don't know if it's a rhythm thing, but he kind of hunches a little bit. It's Mm. like he coils up and then he rips it. And I think he does that in part to, to get the, the rhythm and timing of the throw down, just like a hesitation thing. But also I think it lets him load. You can explode out of that. And that's how he can do that without, when his throwing base isn't distributed precisely how he normally wants to, like when we see him step into a throw, some of these throws he's making is not stepping into it, but you see him do that hunch a little bit. And it's yeah. like, it reminded me of when I went back like a crazy person and watched him from West Virginia about 12 years ago. I'm like, Oh, that looks familiar. And that's why he's doing it. When he throws those deep posts at West Virginia, it's a huge hunch. He looks like, he looks like Draymond Green about to shoot a three-pointer. I like like he's wearing a backpack. But in this case, it helps him be a better player because he just launched that shit to Tyler Lockett 50 yards downfield twice. So yeah. I don't know. He, he He's adapting. He's adapting. Defenses are adapting to him, and he's adapting to them, adapting to him. So DK catches a couple more balls, man. Like this, this team can... This team can make up for, you know, a 14-point swing from the refs. If- I, on the red zone, you know, that compilation of all the touchdown throws at the end of red zone, which they do, uh, I, I like they showed a great end zone angle of his shot to lock it um, where he's hanging in the pocket and, like, he, he gets he gets hit, like, when he steps up into it. Like, yeah. again, talking of working in the pocket, he's he's not afraid. He's, he's diming out there and... That second play action throw to Lockett was perfect, like into two man, like the accuracy oh on that. God. Lockett did great as well. But the yeah, accuracy... we got to talk about Lockett. And, yeah, uh, Tyler Lockett's dude. His route on the first touchdown at the end of the half, no, he, like equally as disgusting as the throw. He, he was uh, five catches for 104 yards, two touchdowns, 20.8 yards per catch, and a long of 40. Full full Tyler Lockett route tree being unleashed this mm-hmm. year. That's there you go. Cool. There you go. The, so, the, the dude's on pace for 1,300 yards right now. And um, CeeLo the God mentions in the in the chat, and if you are in the chat, please do like this video and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't. Um, CeeLo the God mentions that throw to Noah on the left sideline was money. It was. It was quite yeah, early. On the it, run, and I was yeah. like, where is the bootlegs? And then they boot him away, rolling to his left. And he yeah. lofts it perfectly. And again, you got like a nice end zone angle of that or behind the play angle. And that was just inch perfect. And I'm one of those where, you know, there's all this talk in the off season from certain people at Seahawks training camp where it's like, oh, Drew Locke's so much better throwing on the move. Like Gino can't do it. And it's like, okay, you don't know what you're watching. Anyway, um, <laughs> before we get to the officiating, really the theme of this game is the Seahawks made too many mistakes even for this offense to overcome. Now, we've spoke about defense, uh, but they also had 12 penalties for 85 yards. Eight, if my maths is correct. Yeah, eight of those. No. What's 12 minus three? Nine. (laughs) 
nine of those arriving in the second half, which ain't very good. Um, and I think we, that was noticeable. Like it just the second half just felt messy and ill disciplined on both sides of the football. It is uh, quarter to two uh, here. It's one forty-five a.m. So just relax with the with the maths or math uh, slander. Ty, though, that fake punt, which wasn't meant to be a fake punt, P. Carroll said it was um, a rollout, like rugby-style punt, and Dixon saw like a bit of colour and got spooked and then just started trying to run and maybe saw some space. It's not very clear as my light starts flashing. That was weird, right? Yeah, he went rogue, um, and I have no idea what the heck. Because like he had space, he had space to 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 punt the ball away. Like he, it wasn't like he had guys in his face. Like he he did have space. It was just like yeah, there was kind of a hole there. But you're also Michael Dixon. You're a punter. You are that hole is going to close quickly on you, my friend. And so it did. Uh, that was. I don't mean to get too negative or insulting on this show. You know, we want to try to keep it nice on here, but that was uh, pretty dumb. Pretty dumb. So I, that's I pretty much he, all I have to say about it. I think he thought it was getting blocked, but um, Griff, how, think, how did you view it? Yeah, I think it was because they've done the they've done the rugby style run and punt thing before, but I think he thought he had an opening. And it was like, oh shit. The other thing is, Pete, Pete could be saying that, and it might actually be a punt run option based on yeah. blocking, based on front and blocking look. And Pete's not going to say, well, he had an option to run. Why would he say that? Because if they need to do it again in the future, he's not going to say that and and tip his hands. So that that would be such a weird place to like, not even just like the like where they were on the field, but also just the the point in time in the game to do I that. Agree. That's such a weird time. The, that that's why I suspect that it was just the regular rugby run and punt. Yeah. Um, at least I hope so. Uh, <laughs> other than yeah, you cope so. Yeah, I cope so. Listen, it's easy to cope because if the defense just gets its shit together a little bit, this team can totally challenge for a wild card. Yeah. So they can Yeah, they just need like they're able. The offense is good enough to mask some of the deficiencies of the defense. It's just they need to get better on the margins defensively. Because like yeah. again, right? Like they don't like. All right, again, you know, if 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 they don't have the the fumble and the the weird fake punt or whatever, Saints only scored twenty five points potentially in this game. Right. You know, and right. so we're talking about a whole different game. So like they are they're really close even with all the issues that they have they're really close to being form one right now <laughs> right like and that's the thing so, that makes it so uh, so <laughs> aggravating too right and like this loss is really bad because you can't get a loss back but the way they lost it i really don't believe it stops them from i mean they could have won or lost this game and their chances of making the incremental improvements they need to make to be competitive in any given game moving forward changes. Like they're, they're straight up They're I mean, so like they're, they're literally the 30th through 31st worst defense right now. In order for this to be a competitive team, we're talking about them only needing to be nothing better than the 20th worst defense. Like they need to improve to 20th worst defense. And then once you get there, then you can talk about, oh, man, the, you know, there's a chance that they could actually be better than that. But I'm not talking about that right now. I'm saying be the 20th worst defense 
not the literal worst or second worst in the league. Um, and I think this is a game that shows that there are signs of life that they can improve to that point. Still bad, absolutely, but not, you know, the worst thing you've ever seen. Um, like, to tie further to your point, this isn't to undo what we saw. This is about what it means, about what they can do, be moving forward. Potentially 25 points, and then from there, what got a lot of those points were third down fiascos, where they're in calls where, you know, not ideal for what happened, and then one guy has a breakdown. And then, you know, that's that's how what happens against There was also that third like and Taysom five Hill. where they had the encroachment or whatever. Right, uh, right. And, and I think they scored on that drive, right? So, so, so in, in that vein, we're talking about an, an early down defense that did its job perhaps to maybe have only given up 20-ish points this game, you know, if if they normalize on third downs. Now, they straight up did play poorly on third downs. I'm not saying – I don't subscribe to oh, third downs are random, you know. I think you can be good at third downs. I also think you can be bad at third downs, and it's not just randomness. Um, they so seem I don't, good at the passing third downs. It's when they go in yeah. and run like third and shorts where Taysom Hill like, – I don't know why the Saints didn't use Hill more. Like, Seattle could not stop him – Throughout the game, when Hill wasn't on the field, I was like, "Oh, thank you very much." I think I I think part of that was that they actually thought Andy Dalton and their backup receivers would win the day against Seattle's so far horrid secondary. I think they Mm. straight up were like, "Oh, we can beat these guys." So the other factor here is no true. The other factor here is the officiating. Now, I still think Seattle had way even with everything that happened. And, you know, I think officiating is a cycle, really. Uh, I still think Seattle had enough opportunities to win this game. Way, like, they, they lost this yeah. game regardless of the officiating. But then Tyler Lockett, perhaps frustrated, he says to Greg Bell of, of the News Tribune in the locker room afterwards, man, it was so hard for us to even get a flag for us in that game. It was ridiculous. For the Saints, they got all the calls, so they were lucky. But we just can't put these games in the ref's hands. Uh, which, yep, agreed with that last um, point. Now, if we bl- break, <laughs> Griff, I was just gonna. I I was I was genuinely impressed by the gall of these refs to one to call that a touchdown in the same drive that they also called that fumble a fumble. I was like, that, oh wow! I was impressed. I was like, okay. Well, for me, the issue as well about is living like the truth. Right, right. For me, the issue is like you know you you overturn the the touchdown right it's called an incompletion on the field they then go into the review and i mean i actually thought he did get two steps and it was a football move right they go into the review and the review works as designed in my opinion and they call that touchdown right but the the fumble like either his arm is down which it looked like right yeah or the ball's bobbling how can how can how uh, i mean i think i think they blew that call i i think they blew that call ty yeah yeah, same, same, exactly. What is going on there? You having a rave? You raving <laughs> over there? You need some glow sticks? It's three a.m. Matt. He's got a disco ball. <laughs> he's got a disco ball. He's yeah. He's, he's getting a little weird. A wild Monday. He's, he's got a disco ball and a snuggie. Ty, did they he's blow the call? Weird. Yes, they they blew the call. They blew the call because I'm mad and I'm a Seahawks fan. Uh, no, but seriously, they uh, yeah. I mean, to your point, right? Like it should have either been an incompletion or he should have been down by contact. It cannot be. There is no third option there. 
There is. No I don't know how they got like, from that to fumble and over saw enough to overturn. Yeah. The, by the by the way, uh, no, I don't no, know about no, you guys, but did, but but did you guys see Kandata's tweet like where he was like, oh yeah, the the Seahawks are gonna keep the ball or whatever, and then you're like, cool, and then like yeah. right before the broadcast comes on, Greg Bell is like, Saints ball. Well, the reason that was was because yeah. they they saw as Pete said in his press presser afterwards, they saw DK's arm down like before yeah. the ball's coming. Yeah, his forearms oh, down. So... His forearms down, and that counts, right? It doesn't have to be the elbow. They were saying on the broadcast, like, "Oh, you got to wait for his elbow to go." Down. No, no, no. It's the forearm. Yeah. Like the forearm was down. Like his wrist and like the start of his forearm was down before the ball starts moving. And so the other big call is the negation of Geno Smith's uh, touchdown where uh, he rolls left, he buys time, it's really good, and he finds DK on another kind of improvised deal, wide open for the touchdown, and then the flag comes in hella late. Like, you're like, touchdown, you're like, wow, that's good. And you're like, oh, there's a, there's a really late <laughs> flag here. What could this be? And then you watch the broadcast, and you're like, oh, "Okay, here's uh, here's Charles Cross handling a stunt really nicely. Um, here's Charles Cross blocking inside his frame. Oh, here's the defender <laughs> flopping, as Pete Carroll described it. Now, see, yeah. vibes wise, you can't call that. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, what on earth is that? Just, 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 just think about how I many knew people... they were calling it too. Sorry, sorry, Griffey. Yeah. You, you, you no, I was you. just gonna say, think about how many people you're upsetting sitting upsetting sitting at home at their couch by making that call um it, it's especially i'm especially sour by it because how many holding calls didn't go went uncalled against the broncos week one and the 49ers i think um even the saints this game like that was going on so yeah, yeah. to call that on a touchdown where you haven't called it the whole game it's i just, think i feel so, like i feel so like i feel like from the league offices though because the they do emphasis calls and, and I'm sure that they like drill that not literally drill it, but in, in like league meetings and stuff with the officiating crews and stuff like, Oh, you know, this is a big thing that happens rollouts to the left or right. You know, you, we get a lot of holding from the tackles here. You got to watch for that. And I just felt like this was, you know, when all you have is when all you have is a hammer type of situation, you know, every every scramble looks like a nail or whatever um however you whatever metaphor you want to use um that was pretty smooth for me actually um uh anyway uh yeah fuck all that um part of my language um the offense is not excused no that's unacceptable uh the, the the offense is good and that matters moving forward um mm -hmm. So the, the Seahawks formula right now, the pitch is they're a top seven offense, I think. That's what they're trying to be here. They can be it. <laughs> Maddie's not taking kind of my proclamations. Dude, like, dude, so, Matt, so, Maddie disagrees with you. Like has disagreed with so you more than the, I, I think I've ever seen him they, disagree with you. They <laughs> the, the, the premise the pitch here is they're they, they have the potential to they have the capability to be a top seven offense right now. Probably top 10 is probably a little bit, you know, a little bit safer. But say they're like the seventh, eighth best offense and they need to get to the 20th best or 12th worst defense, I suppose. Um, and then reevaluate and see what that adds up to. Can they string together five games with that kind of efficiency on both sides of the ball? And do they win most of those games? Um, 
That's what they need to be because they're only two and three. They should be three and two, but they're two and three. They can easily, you know, go three and two over the next five. And then they're probably they're probably in the wild card dis- discussion with the way the NFC is right now. The they, still might be in the, three. They, they still might be in the division conversation. Right. At that yeah. point. Right. right. I mean, five and five, six and six. This team's probably in it at the moment, at that moment in time. So that's where I'm at with it. And by the way, the uh, 49ers uh, lost uh, Jimmy Ward. They lost who else? Mosley got hurt. Yeah, they lost Mosley. Uh, and that's an ACL. So he's done for the year. Um, Damn. And they uh, suck, man. And then Bosa has a groin thing. So even though that they won today, they took quite a few L's as well, injury wise. Yeah. So whole divisions beat up right now. Uh, it's all going through like they're all going it's through their individual issues. Marathon on a sprint. Yeah. There you go. Well, we'll be back Wednesday. Me and Ty, or Thursday, if you listen. With our news slash press conference recap of everything Seahawks and a bit more reading in between the lines of what Pete Carroll says, what other players say, uh, once they've watched the tape. And then Griffin and I and Ty will have watched the tape and we'll come back Thursday or Friday if you listen with our all 22 analysis to explore what exactly went wrong with the defense and what went well with the offense. At least we've got one thing to look forward to. Until then, please do like this video, follow everyone on Twitter at C Mike Spin Move for Griff at Dane G N Z L Z, and then me at Matty F Brown. Follow the Twitter for Seattle Overload at Seattle Overload. We're trying to maintain a regular schedule, but we do tweet out on there when we're going live and other news which may interest you. And until next time, you know, subscribe to us, five star reviews on your podcast app and we appreciate you thanks go mariners as well goms yeah you got the mariners guys